look around. This is your family. Yeah? Isn't it fun to be together? Thank you for being a part of all of this, and uh, thank you for just devoting yourself to building a family uh, and, uh, and for wearing the name tags. So, you know, once a month we do this, and uh, it really helps us get to know each other, and we're growing, and so uh, how many of you know that's important? Yeah. It's important that we get to know one another, and, uh, and one of the most powerful things we can do is call one another by name. Instead of, hey, you. Uh, so, I mean, it really is a loving thing. And those of you that have been saying that my memory is really bad, stop saying that. Yeah. Start saying my memory is really good. Yeah. Right? The Lord restores to me a photographic memory. And uh, then read a good Dale Carnegie book, figure out how to memorize names, and let's honor one another and have fun that way. What do you think? Is that all right? Yeah? I shut my mic down when I said that. We're in Hebrews chapter 6, so if you've got your phone, uh, your iPad, or uh, your eyes handy, we'll go to screens, I'm sure, as well, uh, but we're in Hebrews chapter 6, and uh, we're going to take a few minutes and try to tackle maybe one of the craziest passages uh, in the Bible. We've been having fun, by the way, this week. We had our Restored Life Seminar, our Restored Life Intensive so that's been going on the last three days, and it's been crazy fun. And, and uh, to, uh, to try to alleviate confusion for years, so we've been doing this since 1998, for years we called Restored Life Recover Life. And so unfortunately, all of our material is still branded that way, and that was what we thought we should call what, had, what God had given us. And so for years that... That's what we called it. Uh, and then a few years ago, we had a new revelation. You ever had a new rhema? Oh, yeah. So we had a new revelation to call it Restored Life. Uh, and so we're in kind of a branding change, right? Kind of a branding switch. Uh, but it is, it is so fun. It is so cool and so good uh, to see lights going on and people getting insight and learning how to overcome uh, the carnal nature and habits and, and addictions and fears and trauma. Uh, it is so cool to see God working. So uh, really proud of all of you that came out and were a part of that. And then we continue on this Wednesday. Alumni, you're welcome to be a part of it. This is how we learn uh, as well or strengthen our role as mentors is sometimes just refreshing, getting around the material, uh, and uh, uh, as we get around the material and as we soak in the word, right, we want to soak in the word, receive the word engrafted, which is able to regenerate and save our souls. As we do that, uh, it's really fun, yeah? It's fun to grow, don't you think? Well, you got quiet on me. Wow. Hebrews chapter 6 uh, and verse 1. And we'll start out, we'll read the text, and then we'll attempt to say something good about it. Is that okay? Uh, it is impossible. I'm reading out of the New International Version, by the way. Uh, and last week, we skipped forward. If you're wondering what in the world happened, uh, uh, when Joel turned the platform back over to me, thank you, Pastor Joel, for your preaching and your ministry through the early part of September. Our missions month was amazing. 
And I love it when she ministers. How many of you love it when she ministers? So I don't have a hang-up on lady ministers uh, who are submitted to their hubby. And we got a really good one in this house right here. Amen? So I love that. And I love to have her minister and to preach and to teach. And she's actually right up there with my favorite. So you, you got to know that, that we have fun together. And um, that's just the way the, the wolf home operates. Amen? So, uh, but when she turned it back to me, then I kind of finished up last week talking further in Hebrews. I skipped forward on purpose uh, because it fit perfectly to kind of what the Lord was saying. So now, if you're wondering, what in the world? I thought we already went through part of Hebrews 6. Well, uh, now we're going back uh, and starting at verse 1. So let's start at verse 1. I know we skipped it last week, but we're going to go there now. And we're just preaching through the Hebrews right now, unless we get an interruption. Okay. If we get an interruption, then, we, you know, then we'll, we'll come back to the Hebrews after the interruption. Is that all right? all right? So it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Land that drinks in rain often falling on it and produces a crop useful for those whom it is farmed receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case. The things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you've shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So last week we read that later portion, that latter portion, and we, we talked about the power of ministry. We talked about how ministry to one another, serving one another, is worship. And like we come into this environment, we call it a worship service, but when we serve one another, it's called customer service. Both of them are of God. Both of them are ordained of God. And serving one another is a God-ordained calling. And that's really what Romans chapter 12 was about. We talked last week about how we are called to renew our minds, have a renewed mind, but it's not for the mind's sake. If you go further in Romans chapter 12, it's actually renewing our mind is so that we would renew our mind to serve one another, to use the gifts that God has given us to build up one another so that the whole body would become mature and whole and that we wouldn't have dysfunctional local assemblies or a dysfunctional body. We would have a body that's expressive and caring for one another, as it says in Ephesians 4, a body that builds itself up in love by what every joint is gifted to provide. Amen? So let's shout on that one a little bit. Yeah, come on, that's us, and that's me, and 
And as we said last week, you've all got a bundle of gifts. We're all just like, we got a bundle of gifts woven in here. And sometimes we're hiding some of those gifts, and God wants us to bring those gifts forward. Now, he starts this chapter coming out of, you know, chapter 5. And, and of course, chapter 5 came out of 4, and 4 came out of 3. And when he wrote this, he didn't write it in chapters. By the way, did you know that? He actually wrote it in a book. Yeah? He wrote this as a big letter, so... Uh, so we hit this repetitive theme, by the way, and we have to go back to the time of writing. He wrote this about A.D. 64. Persecution of Christians had risen to a pretty high level, and most of that persecution uh, uh, that they were experiencing thus far or previously, a lot of that persecution had been really by the, the Jewish people. But now the persecution that's arising in when this was written is now coming from Roman influence. And this persecution is like this massive growing influence of persecution growing against Christians that was beginning in the latter part of uh, 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 the 60s, the 80s, before Jerusalem was destroyed, commencing on AD 70. Uh, And so we've, we've got this time period here and he continues, and you'll, you get this theme all the way through the Hebrews. He's telling, because you got all of these people that have come out of Jewish faith. They've come out of uh, following the law. They've come into Christ, accepted him as Messiah, and they, they've come to know him. But there's this massive, at the time of writing, there's this massive temptation to go back to the law, to go back to the synagogue, to essentially apostate and to leave the faith because during this persecution time, it was safer in the synagogue because the Jews weren't being persecuted by the Romans yet. So it was actually safer in the synagogue than it was now to be a Christian because the Christians were coming under this growing persecution. And so we, we hear this warning. This is part of the warning, and this is somewhat the context of this warning, uh, and we, we bring this to today's context, and in today's context, you know, you go online or you read commentaries or you look at books, and, and a lot of your theologians are using this context or this scripture in kind of a modern context, uh, and they read this, and it's like, it sounds like you could lose your salvation, and so, you know, uh, there's these big arguments everywhere uh, that that this scripture does not declare that you could lose your salvation and, and, uh, uh, and you can't lose your salvation and it's impossible to lose your salvation. And so uh, if you go online, you'll see kind of the once saved, always saved uh, camp and then you see the eternal security camp over here and, and uh, they've got all of their scriptures and their arguments and all that stuff. I don't know that that was totally uh, what Paul was worried about at this time in terms of some of what we, we, we get arguing on because in the once saved, always saved, eternal security camp, uh, uh, the, the focus is really on uh, sins and Paul's focus, at least in this context, was on uh, blatant apostasy. Going back to the law, going back to the synagogue, walking away walking away from God, walking away from what they had tasted. They came in, they tasted a little bit, came into a worship environment, felt the Holy Spirit, recognized Jesus as the Messiah, but it's not safe here. 
uh, I'm about to lose my job. If I, if I stay with this Christian camp, it's not going to be good. Uh, I'm going to lose my family, going to lose my job. Remember when Chaz was here, cousin Chaz was here a few weeks ago, and he talked about the family in Africa, in the Ivory Coast, where the gentleman came to the Lord immediately. They took away his wife, took away his family, took away his job, took away his housing. So they're starting to experience some of this, and you see a lot of this is woven into the Hebrews. A lot of this is woven into Paul's writing, warning them, don't shrink back. Don't shrink back. If you shrink back, God says, my soul shall not be pleased with you if you shrink back, right? And so a lot of this was a concern for apostasy, not like uh, I sinned this week. Am I, am I no longer a Christian? Right? Uh, wow, I blew it this week. Or maybe you deliberately blew it this week. And I won't ask for a show of hands. Uh, but, you know, maybe you deliberately blew it. And we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that in a minute if we have time. But, but I, the emphasis here is like, you know, just like shunning God, turning your back on God, purposely like stepping away, walking away, wanting nothing to do with God, maybe for the safety of your own self, for the safety of your own family, your own situation in that day. Uh, and that was more of what, of what they were dealing with. And, and, and to get the context that Paul keeps bringing forward, by the way, uh, the context that he keeps bringing forward, if we just kind of Put it in reverse for a moment. Chapter 4, verse 11. Let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. Here he's talking about rest, entering into the rest. There's a rest for you, you Jewish people, you that were of Israel. There's a rest for you. Joshua took them into rest, but there was a rest beyond that rest. And Christ is that rest. And then we back it up a little further. Chapter 3, verse 12. Take care, brethren, that there not be any one of you an evil with an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For, if we, have be, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm till the end. There's this emphasis, stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. might be easier to go back. It might look easier to go back. It might be naturally easier to go back, but Father is wanting you to stay with this thing and don't give up. Hebrews 2, verse 1. For this reason, for what reason? All of, church, all of chapter 1. All of chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to us through the prophets. In the past, God spoke to us through the law. In the past, God spoke to us through the angels. But now he has spoken to us through the Son, the Son who is superior, the Son who is supreme, the Son who is our intercessor, the Son, the son of whom he said, Set here at my right hand until I make all of your enemies a footstool. For this reason we must pay closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. Same theme, by the way. Drift away, fall away, same theme. But the picture is not like, uh, oh, I kind of blew it. I'm, uh, I'm falling away. Uh, oh, I kind of sinned. Uh, I wonder if I'm still saved. Uh, oh, I'm wondering. Every one of us, every one of us in this room that have given our hearts to the Lord have a little bit of fear rattling around on the inside of us 
that we keep this relationship fresh, that we keep this relationship alive, that we don't, and, and that when we blow it, we want to get right back into where it's right. When we blow it, we want to get right back into where it's right. So this, this, this drift away, by the way, this fall away, by the way, now we see it in five different places. In, in six chapters, the theme is brought forward five different times. And the picture of this is not like, oh, wow, I fell away. I, I want to tell you, it is so hard for you to lose your salvation. I mean, you've got to be absolutely out there. It is so hard. I want to talk a little bit about how hard it is for you to lose your salvation. You don't have to worry about losing your salvation. In that way, we would here agree that, that as long as you want to have a walk with God, you have eternal security. As long as you want. Anybody in this room want to have a walk with God? See, I think most of our problem is not, is not uh, uh, apostasy. And again, the word here, drift away, uh, fall away, it's kind of interesting. Uh, it, it, the, the Greek does not really uh, carry this uh, understanding very well. And I wrote down a couple thoughts on kind of what the, the Greek would really mean. It, 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 it would mean more to like purposely, purposely deviate from the right path, to turn aside to another path, to wander away from the truth. So this is like, this is describing a purposeful act, and again, because of the setting that they're in, Paul is writing this whole letter, uh, word after word after word he's bringing them to encourage them, don't, don't forsake this faith. No matter how convenient, no matter how easy, no matter how, 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 uh, how tempting it is, do not forsake this faith. And then he's saying to them something that I do think that is important with regard to purposeful, intentional apostasy. Looking at circumstances and then saying, no, I want nothing to do with God. I want nothing to do with God through Jesus, through Yeshua, through through this one that they're calling the Christ, I'm going to return to the law. There's one thing that, that is important that we think about that he does reiterate is that you don't have a guarantee. There's not like this guarantee that you can find repentance again once you make that kind of decision. We do want to hold this salvation that we have as something super precious. We... We don't want to, uh, 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 over the weekend, by the way, I, I talked to somebody who, and they confessed uh, at the end of one of the sessions that when they were younger, they went through kind of a prodigal period, right? Uh, kind of a Luke 15 prodigal time, and then, and so they, you know, sowed some wild oats and had a rough time of it. I think Franklin Graham did something like that. Hello, anybody out there? I think a bunch of you have probably done something like that. Uh, you know, I don't know, but they went through this rough spell, this rough time, and, and, and then they came back to the Lord, right? And, and so that does happen. How many of you know it does happen? Yes? But what Paul's trying to tell them is we've got to be so careful about our salvation, there's not a guarantee that you'll find your way back. There's not a guarantee that you'll find your way back. 
we got to be careful. we got to recognize this salvation we have is precious. The relationship we have with Father is precious. Now, Father is so passionate and crazy in love with you that, uh, that, that if you've given your heart to the Lord, if you've, if you've accepted Jesus as your atoning sacrifice and you've become a son or a daughter of God, uh, uh, he's going to make it extremely, extremely, extremely uncomfortable for you to apostatize through sin. It's going to be real hard. We, we almost could maybe put the, the word impossible on that one right there. It's going to be real hard. Why? Because his love is going to pursue you uh, in various ways, and one will, incur, one will include correction. One will include correction. So, I mean, he's going to paint great flowers in front of you. Uh, he's going to drag carrots in front of you. Uh, uh, Romans 2, uh, ch- chapter 2, verse 4 will be an absolute reality. It is the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. Romans chapter 2, verse 4, he's going to show you the goodness he has in mind for you. He's going to send prophetic words to you. He's going to drop stuff in your heart. He's going, to, he's going to light up the sky with what you could have if you'll turn your heart to him and stop this continuum of disobedience or sin or folly or stupidity or ridiculousness. I mean, he's going to show you the goodness he has in mind for you. Uh, he's going to paint it with all sorts of pictures Uh, He's more about Romans chapter 2, verse 4, than he is about the spanking spoon. You ever ever gotten the spanking spoon? But listen, listen, if you won't pay attention to the prophetic word that comes over your life, oh my goodness, I've had a prophetic word or two come my way, and it's like, oh my word, Holy Spirit, you're watching me, you're watching me. How many of you know the Holy Spirit's watching you? He's watching when, when nobody else is watching you. He's watching you. He knows what you're doing when nobody else knows what you're doing. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've had, you know, I've had, I've had prophetic people come up. Thank God for them. You know, and they just kind of give you that gentle, I don't know. God shows me something. He's called you to a higher life. God shows me you're kind of groveling in something. You're kind of messed up in something. You're kind of, oh, my word. What else did he show you? (laughs) Hope he didn't show you everything. Is that all he showed you? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Thank God he didn't show you anything else. Can you relate to this or not? Are there any humans in the room? Oh my goodness, scary! It's scary when people have scary when people have a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge? What did he show you? Oh. And this, this, you know, God's love. He wants to, he wants to Romans two for you. It's the goodness of God, the kindness of God that calls us, that awakens us, that provokes us, that moves us inwardly to repent, to turn our heart back to God, to turn our thinking back to God, to run back to God. Quit running this other way and run back to God. See what God has for you because it's so much better should you be listening to this or involved in this or continuing to engage in this 
See what God has for you that's so much better and turn your heart toward God. But we got to know something, and Paul talks about it a bunch in the Hebrews, that God has a spanking spoon. God has a spanking spoon. Yeah? He knows there's cars running out in those streets. And the cars come by a little too fast, and they don't follow the speed limit. So if little Caleb, little Austin, little Solomon Sterling, if they ride their bike out there when the cars are coming through, so I can tell them, hey, we got sidewalks over here. We actually put sidewalks in for you to ride your bike. There's a good word. There's a prophetic word right there. <laughs> oh, thank you, Dad. Sidewalks. Woo! But I'm going to be out here in the street. No, 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 no. There's sidewalks here, son. There's sidewalks. We got sidewalks. We have prepared good sidewalks for you to walk in. That's a twist on Ephesians 2.10, right? Oh, thanks, Dad, but uh, I, I, I'd rather... Zoom, there goes another car. Zoom, there goes another car. Zoom, there goes another car. See, sometimes through our disobedience and our folly, we get ourselves out where we're not supposed to be, where it's dangerous. And so then Papa has to come out. Papa gave the prophetic word to try to show you the goodness of the sidewalk I prepared, but I might have to pull out the spanking spoon. Just a little tap on the bottom. Bring the bike back over to the sidewalk. Hello, somebody. I am so glad for the spanking spoon. I, and, and, of course, my father, my father, uh, who was 80, who's 87 uh, in November, my father was a very good minister of God's spanking spoon. And the rod of correction will drive folly out of the heart of the child. Why is that? Because you're learning it's more painful. It's more painful. Uh, uh, see, a little bit of pain. Uh, it's more painful to be run over by a car than it, it, than it is to receive the spoon on the bottom. And so a little tap on the bottom could actually move me to change my mind about staying in the street where the pain will be greater. So a little bit of pain moves me away from where the pain will eventually be greater. Thank God for spankings. Oh, I don't believe in that. Now, you've gone, you've gone beyond all of the modern theology. I don't believe in that. God is love only. Love only. Yeah, that's exactly what he's trying to say in Hebrews chapter 12. I love you so much, and I've claimed you, and I've called you, and you've accepted the claim. And so every father who loves their child will give them a nice spanking. And if you... If you are not, Hebrews chapter 12, should we read it? We have it here in the Bible. It comes right out of the Bible. It is for discipline that you endure. Endure what? Endure through the thing you're going through. Don't give up when you're going through the thing you're going through and stop being a victim of the thing you're going through. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you're without discipline, if you say no... No, I will not. I will not. I will not receive that as correction. I will not learn a lesson in that. I will not find wisdom in that. I will not go to a church like that. I will not yield to such teaching like that. I'm, I'm a love-only kind of guy. Well, guess what? 
You're illegitimate. You are saying to Father, I don't want to be your son really. I want the love, but I don't want maturity. I want the forgiveness, but I don't want to grow up. I don't want to grow up. I'd rather do it my way. I'd rather be out here in the street and take the chance and get run over a few times is what I'd rather do and then just get forgiveness and, and grace and mercy whenever I need it. No, you're a son and a daughter of God. We've got to cherish this salvation, and that means we accept with it the loving hand of Father that might bring the spanking spoon against the left cheek. If you're without discipline, of which we've all become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly sons who disciplined us. We used to before the new age came. Oh, you were supposed to get that one, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody's supposed to. Oh, yeah. Should we go there? No, we don't have time. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Should we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. It's not pleasant. Yet to those who've been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. I was starting to laugh because after a spanking at my house, my dad would say, what'd you learn? <laughs> after a spanking at my house, dad would say, what did you learn? And I, had to, I, better, I better have something on my lips. If I said, I don't know, oh, my word, we went back into it again. <laughs> I, I don't know, Daddy, I don't know. You don't know. Come over here and bend over my knee. Let's talk about this again, child of God. Are you hearing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the midst of this, we, we, we got to be learning. We got to be growing. We got to be laying hold of truth. We got to be asking the Holy Spirit. Even James chapter 1 says, Consider it joy when you're going through trials. James chapter 1, consider it joy when you go through trials. Why? A trial is a great place to exercise the muscle of faith and show it off a little bit. So quit whining and complaining. Consider it pure joy when you're going through trials. But if you're going through a trial and you don't know why, ask God who gives wisdom liberally and he won't put you to shame and make fun of you if you ask him. This is the free Duane translation. So, so sometimes we don't know why we're going through something. Sometimes we don't know why things are tough. Sometimes we have not connected the dot with our foolishness, folly, disobedience, sin, not paying attention, listening to the Spirit. By the way, we're not led by the law. We're led by the indwelling Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. And, by the, and He doesn't take naps. He doesn't like need to eat. The Holy Spirit is present all the time leading us. So sometimes we're disobeying and don't even know it because we're not paying attention. We're tuned too much into the culture around us instead of tuned into the spirit who's leading us. So then we got we to gotta come back and ask, Holy Spirit, why am I going through this? What's going on? Guess what? If you ask, he is gracious to tell you. He'll actually give you wisdom and won't make fun of you for asking. Isn't that a good father? That's a good father right there. That's a, that's a good father. Can you say amen to that? 
I want to go over to Galatians chapter 6, 1, and I don't even have it. Can, so, Ms. Joel, uh, can we pull it up on the screen, Brad? And, and uh, maybe I'll just read it off the screen. Uh, NIV or New American Standard is fine. I want to close with this thought. Most of us Christians, we don't have a, we don't have a, a worry about falling away. We don't have an apostasy worry. Uh, most of us Christians don't have... Uh, we, we don't have like a worry going on, or we shouldn't have a worry that I need to get resaved again, though I did a thousand times. Uh, I got resaved a thousand times. Because we were never taught when I was growing up how to defeat sin and how to put the sin nature to death. We were never taught uh, anything about deliverance or how to dismiss demonic presence. And so I had a reoccurrence of sin just showing up or goofy things or unbelief or negativity or rejection. I just had a, it reoccurred until I finally found out you can dismiss it and get rid of it. Is that all right? But most of us have this. Actually, most of us, instead of being like, and we might be worried about, am I falling away? And if the rapture takes place, will I go up? You ever come home? I mean, you know. We were very rapture-focused when I was growing up. We showed the movies of the guillotine, and, you know, everybody was going to get the mark of the beast on their forehead. And yeah, I mean, it was a scary time when I was growing up. If you came home and, like, you couldn't find mom and dad, and you had, you had committed a sin, my God, you knew you'd miss the rapture. You knew you'd miss the rapture. I mean, this was scary stuff. And so, you know, most of us do have maybe a little bit of that, you know, am I falling away thing going on. But, but, but most, the, the most thing that we have to be concerned about, I think, uh, is not that do we have a desire to, yeah, we have a desire to walk with God. Yes, we have a desire to walk with God. But a lot of us, are we over there? Did we find it? Galatians 1, can you go there? Uh, a lot of us have this going on. Did you find it? Didn't find it? Galatians 1. Most of us have this kind of going on, right? Um, is that verse 1? Verse 1. Verse 2. Verse 1. Let's go back to verse 1. Galatians 6, 1. Galatians 6, 1. Not 1, 1. Let's go back to 6, 1. We're trying to close the service. We're on our first closing. This is tough. This is tough stuff. Brothers and sisters, if somebody is caught in a sin, now that doesn't mean... Somebody walked in on you. That means... <laughs> ah! You caught me! Okay, this is... That, that Galatians 6.1 is not like caught in a sin. It's, it's, it's ensnared. If someone is ensnared in a sin, okay... And this is, this is more of our problem. If, we're, if you're here today and you're a little worried about your salvation and a little worried about, am I walking with God? Is everything okay? I felt like I needed to get to church and kind of get restored. Probably this is what's going on, is that you have got a snare. Paul goes on to call it a stronghold or a root. Uh, here he calls this a snare. If someone is ensnared in a sin, uh, 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 uh. Those of us around them in the body of Christ, uh, we should have enough salt on us. We should have enough uh, healing grace on us and, and, and mercy and kindness. 
that instead of uh, creating a gossip train, we come to them and we start ministering to them. You that are spiritual should restore that person gently. You that are spiritual, restore. You who live by the Spirit. Uh, this must be the NIV. The New American would be a little bit more direct, a little bit more of a boom, right? If somebody's ensnared in a sin, you, uh, you who are spiritual, restore such a one with a spirit of gentleness. And this is what's going on more. And so I want to say this in our first closing tonight, Would you, uh, this morning. Uh, now I'm confused about what time it is even. <laughs> would you stand? Let's stand. Lord, deliver us. Help us. Warm in here, really warm in here. <laughs> let, let, let me minister to you in this environment. Let's actually bow our heads, close our eyes, because I, I think this is really super serious. For me, I related to the Restored Life group uh, over the weekend. For me, it was pornography and sexual addiction. And I had this reoccurring snare going on. And yeah, there was a little bit of fear. Am I losing my salvation? I mean, at, at what point does this get like too crazy, right? So, but for you, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's fear, maybe it's control, maybe it's anger, maybe it's an outburst. It's possible for us Christians to be ensnared with something. And, and Paul calls this without even questioning that we're saved, without even a worry over our salvation. Paul just says it's a root. Uh, he says it's a stronghold, but you can be free from this stuff. And the concern is not so much, am I going to lose my salvation? If you're in this room this morning and you love the Lord, then the Lord wants you free. The Lord wants you free. And if you've got some reoccurring sin or pattern or, or, or uh, 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 affliction or trouble going on, that's not, God, that's not God's will for you. And yet, and yet at the same time, if your heart is toward him, he's not rejecting you. He's not rejecting you. I want the prayer team to come forward this morning and... And I know that anybody that responds to this call, you've got to be a brave soul. But prayer team, would you come? And, and as we do this morning and as we close, I believe the heart of the Lord to you this morning is just uh, to minister to you if there's any snare. You just feel like there's some kind of a snare. Maybe a reoccurring pattern, uh, maybe a reoccurring worry, uh, maybe it's a reoccurring hatred, uh, maybe it's a reoccurring bitterness, uh, maybe it's a reoccurring addiction, uh, maybe it's not even all that bad by the world's standards, but the Holy Spirit keeps calling you to something higher and keeps calling you to just step away from it. And so you might even look at, at religious people around you or religious standards and say, well, this is not all that bad. But I'm telling you, if the Holy Spirit's calling you higher, then he wants to set you free. And freedom is going to feel really, really, really good. And no longer will you have to be wandering around kind of, wow, worried about the rapture or just wondering what's up with your salvation or can I even approach God? It's Wednesday, but I already kind of blew it on Tuesday. And so do I even have an audience with God? I, I mean, what am I going to do? I, I obviously got to get back to church and get right with God. And, and, and he just wants your mind and your heart free of all of that worry and concern. And so if there's a snare this morning, as we, as we close, 
This is a house of restoration. The Holy Spirit of restoration is here this morning to liberate, to lift. And a lot of this stuff is emotional. A lot of this stuff is emotional. It's, it's down deep on the inside. We get around somebody that we had trouble with and something pops up, kind of that disdain or animosity. That's a snare we need to be rid of. We get around an environment that, that we used to get into and something pops up. That's a snare we need to get rid of. Maybe we get under pressure and some words pop out that new creation people don't use. That's a snare that we need to get rid of. So let's just keep responding to the Holy Spirit. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna pray over you. I know some of you got it wrong, but I'm so glad you were here this morning. So proud of you, that you seek the Lord, that you love the Lord, that you wanna walk with Jesus. Father, we thank you for your grace on this people and in this house. We thank you for your word of blessing, the Romans 2, 4 prophetic utterance. And we also thank you for the spanking spoon. We thank you that you correct us, that you correct us, that you keep us on course, and that you have good in store for us. You bring us out of danger. You bring us out of danger. And we bless you for it today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, God bless you, church.